the giant Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm Ram Castillo, and in this podcast, I'm bringing to you top experts from various industries worldwide to learn from their success and to help us become better designers, creatives, and giant thinkers. Hello to you, giants. I'm Ram Castillo, and you're listening to episode number 31. I'm excited, not just because we have a rock star guest today, but also that my second book, How to Get a Mentor as a Designer Guaranteed, will be released in a few weeks, mid to late September, followed by my USA speaking tour over mid-October to mid-December. Now, something I need to announce is that you have the chance to win the mentor prize pool win a 30-minute one-on-one Skype call with 16 different world-class experts. That's eight hours of mentorship, one book purchase during the pre-order stage only, equals one entry into the prize pool. Some of the experts include Ben Fullerton, design director for Nike Plus, Kevin Lee, global head of design for Visa, Nelson Kunkel, National Creative Director for Deloitte Digital, and even former AIGA Executive Director Rick Graffay. Head to giantthinkers.com slash mentor, opt into the mailing list, which is specifically for updates regarding this next book, and you'll know more about it as the launch gets closer. So today we have the creator of the digital magazine, Founder which allows entrepreneurs all around the world to learn from some of the world's greatest. He's interviewed giants including Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, Brene Brown, Seth Godin, and many more. The founder community has experienced incredible growth since its humble beginnings in 2013. And some of the things we chat about include how to structure and grow your business, his biggest tip for ensuring cash flow and sustainability as an entrepreneur or freelancer, specifically for creatives, his strategy with getting in touch with the most known entrepreneurs of our time, his eye-opening advice for those unsure about following their calling, and why he used to resemble a Dragon Ball Z character once upon a time. Now, before we dive in, I'd like to share to you about FreshBooks. They make ridiculously easy cloud accounting software that's completely transformed how freelancers and small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. FreshBooks have basically taken all the really annoying admin tasks creative types hate doing and turned them into simple, intuitive, and dare I say it, even enjoyable moments. A few simple examples of the amazing time-saving features in FreshBooks are that you can create and send professional-looking invoices in under 30 seconds. You can also customize your invoice by picking a template, adding your logo, and even add a personalized thank you note. When you email a client an invoice, FreshBooks can even show you whether they've seen it, which puts an end to the guessing games. And my favorite feature, within literally two clicks, you can set yourself up to receive payments online. And we all know our clients love paying by credit card straight from their invoice. So it's a win-win. This is only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do to save you a ton of time and stress. The good news is that FreshBooks is offering a month of unrestricted use to all Giant Thinkers listeners. 
to claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com slash giant and enter giant thinkers in the how did you hear about us section. Really important. Once again, that's freshbooks.com slash giant and there's a clickable link in this post. Okay, here it is. I present to you the super modest and unbelievably driven Mr. Nathan Chan. Nathan Chan, welcome to the Giant Thinkers podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm so, so excited to be here, Ram. Thank you so much for having me, my man. Mate, um, it's it's always a delight to have a fellow Aussie on the show. Like founder, most of the Giant Thinkers audience is actually from America. So uh, fingers crossed that they understand us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's funny. Um, sometimes for... Americans, if we speak too fast, they can't understand us, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was um, just speaking to a friend from America who is um, uh, interning uh, at a place where I'm at and she um, and I were having a conversation about the difference between saying scones and we call them scones. Mm. So you can imagine how that conversation went. But um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, let's dive into the first question. It's a little icebreaker. Um, What was the most experimental hairstyle you've ever had? I love this question when you, sh- when you show me what you're going to ask. They're all originals, uh, by the way, so no one else <laughs> has had this. Yeah, all right. So, um, man, when I – so before I started Founder, uh, it's my first business, I was just like, you know, a party animal. Um and uh, when I was, let's say, so I'm 29 now, when I was about, oh, geez, I think 19 to 21, I dyed my hair like blonde <laughs> and and um, really long. And, uh, and it was kind of inspired by, um, did you guys, did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, sure. I, never, I never wanted to look like that, but that's how I ended up looking. I looked like... Um, <laughs> Goku when he was like Super Saiyan, but yeah, like right. blonde hair it was really really funny. So yeah, no, I can I can show you some photos, man. Like they're, they're still on my Facebook. They're hilarious. So yeah, and I had blonde hair. That was that was kind of like an outrageous hairstyle. Yeah, I um I had my hair uh, bright blue once, um and and no one warned me that when you dye your hair blue, um it it washes out quite quickly within like the week or two and it started to turn this like gross algae green. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't recommend it. Um, now, um, where would you say your expertise lies? Um, I think my expertise lies in, reco- in it, when it comes to just knowing really, really good content and being able to produce really, really good content. And that just comes from um, just an obsession for them, this space that I'm playing in. I'm I'm just very, very well dialed in, I think. Mm. And how do you think you got to that point? Um, besides just a lot of reading and a lot of listening and a, a lot of researching, I think, um, it's just, I'm, I'm really, really passionate about the work that I'm doing right now and, and the space that I'm playing in with founder. And, uh, I like to compete, dude. 
So, um, you know, I'm, I'm always looking at what other people are doing and, um, yeah, I, 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 um, I'm just extremely dialed in for that. Yeah. It sounds like you've also got a radar or a sensitivity to, um, to being exposed to content that just wasn't fulfilling what you needed. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that, that that's one thing that I think I'm quite good at. Perfect. Um, so can you share to us a little about your childhood and how you grew up? Yeah. So growing up for me, um, was pretty, pretty, uh, you know, normal, uh, come from a, not a wealthy, uh, family, but, um, you know, uh, it was kind of like moderate income family where, you know, my parents didn't have that much money, but at the same time, it, it wasn't like we were super, super poor. I never went to a private school or, you know, um, anything like that. So a lot of, a lot of, um, of my friends and peers and people around me when it came, when it came to, you know, doing year 12 and, um, you know, doing, uh, you know, VCE or, you know, getting great, good marks, getting to a great university. A lot of my friends didn't really care. Um, that's just how things were for me. Um, so not many people were looking to even get good grades or even go to a university. So that was kind of difficult. Um, you know, life growing up, you know, wasn't, wasn't out of the ordinary. Um, I wasn't really much of an achiever. I, you know, it was just kind of lazy. Um, I, I was, I never really had much ambition. That's something that my mom always told me. She always said to me in the early days that, um, she wishes that I had more ambition. Um, <laughs> what were you that, doing? Just like, uh, climbing trees or just sort of watching telly or what, oh, what was look, your dude, hobby? Growing up, man, when I was a kid, I loved gaming, bro. Yeah. Like, Counter-Strike was the <laughs> best. Um, you know, I, I loved like PS, PlayStation. Yeah. So I loved playing games and stuff like that and, and play games online with my friends. But yeah, never had any real ambitions, never was really hungry or much of a go-getter or never really tried. Mm. That was one thing I like all through high school and primary school, um, I never really tried, never really achieved much at all, kind of was just kind of just, you know, not not failing, not flunking but not, not getting, um, you know, I was never an outlier or getting out like, you know, really good grades or anything of the sort, even in high school, um, for my VCE, which is, um, I think it's the LSATs in the States, um, mm. whatever that is, whatever that, you know, uh, the, the test prep, you know, you know, for the big test that everyone has to do to get into a great college or university. I never really even got that good of marks. I just got like just above average. And, um, you know, I just scraped through and got into, um, a degree that I was kind of interested in just kind of. What degree was that? Um, I did a, a, uh, bachelor of business information systems. So I was like half business, half IT. And so what, what changed for you? What, what gave you that ambition? Um, well, you know, even through all for university, uh, just like I failed a lot of subjects, wasn't really that ambitious. But things honestly really changed for me, Ram, when um, I was just sick and tired of of doing work that I hated. 
because, you know, I, I went and finished my degree. I, I got um, a job, uh, you know, from an internship, which was part of compulsory of my degree. And I just, you know, I, at, at first I thought IT was for me. I was doing IT consulting. And then, um, yeah, just after about a year, I, I it kind of really wore off. And, um, you know, I, I uh, just hated it so much, man. And, and I had really no choice. Like I, well, it's not like I was going to leave my job and, and try and find something else. And then, you know, it was probably a stage when maybe I was like, um, you know, no, I definitely wasn't going through depression or anything like that, but I was definitely like feeling quite sorry for myself in the sense that um, I just, I just didn't, didn't have any purpose. Like I, I just felt um, like I was really unfulfilled and, and uh, what changed was, um, you know, I started fueling myself with, with books like um, the four hour work week and rich dad, poor dad, and all these other kind of books that um, would in turn, uh, you know, show me that there's something else out there. And um, as time went on, I just kind of developed this hunger to to find out more. And then, you know, um, eventually, you know, starting founder and you know finding work that I'm really passionate about and realizing this is what I was born to do. And um, yeah, I, as a person, I think um, if I if I like something. And if I like, if I enjoy doing something, I tend to be quite good at it and um, it comes, it becomes a bit of an obsession and that's kind of where we're at now. What would you say to people who feel that they have a voice in bringing value to an audience, but are still sitting on the fence? What would you say to help their mindset in starting something? Uh, best I've got is um this awesome video that um I saw Gary Vaynerchuk say one time and it was just like you're going to die. Like <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> like the clock is ticking and I know it sometimes it's difficult for people to uh realize that because I think it's so easy to just uh forget what we're supposed to do. Like it's so easy just to forget what we're doing. Um and it's so easy to just get caught up in the grind. And um, next thing you know, you know, it, it's it's almost the end of 2016. It'll be another New Year's, right? And and then next thing you know, it'll be end of 2017. It'll be another New Year's. And then before you know it, you'll be working, doing something that you don't enjoy or you'll be stuck doing something, you know, two, three, four, five years, ten years later. Um, so I think the problem is, Ram, most people are comfortable. Mm. They, you know, they they will have that voice in their head that they can provide a lot of value, but they just don't want it bad enough. And that's the clear distinction, I think, between people that go out there and make something for themselves, or you know, they're not happy with their current situation or whatever they're doing, and they and they want to make a difference in their life or other people's lives, and um, they just go out there and and they go and get it. But most people are comfortable. Most people, uh, they like the idea of having a business. They like the idea of working for themselves. They like the idea of, you know, leaving their job and, and becoming a full-time freelancer. They like the idea of, you know, playing business or creating a startup. But most aren't prepared to do the work. Most, um, you know, it's too uncomfortable, um, but it's nice to talk about it. Or it's nice to fantasize or think about it or brainstorm 
of, you know, business ideas. Um, and, you know, I think the only thing that's going to move somebody that um, has in their, has, has, you know, in their head that they can provide a lot of value and they know they can provide a lot of value, but they're stuck um, in their day job or whatever is they either something has to trigger inside of them where, where enough is enough, where they have to choose the path that, that they're least afraid of that. The, and that path is that they would rather, you know, try something else as opposed to, you know, sticking in the routine or the grind that they're, that they're currently experiencing. Uh, because this is what happened to me, right? Like um, something inside of me switched, dude. And and it wasn't something like it happened overnight, like boom, you know, the, this, this, you know, the sun was shining down on me and I had this amazing idea that I was going to create this magazine. Um, it was just something that developed over time where I was just so frustrated that I just had enough. Like I, something was like, you know what? It's just enough. Enough is enough. I'm not going to do this crap anymore. I, I, I refuse to live my life like this. And um, yeah, I just started chipping away at it, dude. And I'm still chipping away now, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I do work that um, I'm extremely passionate about it, that I was born to do and I'm having a ton of fun. But, um, you know, I'm still crafting my vision and, um, you know, I'm just scratching the surface with what's possible um, with, with the kind of business that we're trying to build with Founder. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that answers your question, man. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, you know, a lot of things that are, are racing through my mind as you were talking and saying that, um, uh, you know, first thing is is about turning your shoulds into musts. Um, certainly something that um, all all great um, entrepreneurs and business people and, um, and anyone that has um, taken an idea and launched a actual product um can can relate with um and the other thing is, is um it also reminded me about the the Steve Jobs um commencement speech of course that everyone has watched at least once or twice um where he said if today were the last day of my life would I want to do what I'm about to do today <laughs> um and of course if the answer is no for too many days in a row um then um you should really uh you know make that change happen yeah, um, how gold is that, man? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, you know, I think this this you touched on it really well when you explained that it's um it's it's that a lot of people have ideas, but it's like why don't they why don't they shift the needle? Um and it's something that I've been trying to dilute um down myself. Um one thing that occurred to me um this year was that when I reflect back and starting this podcast even or, or writing a book for the first time or speaking in front of an audience with no formal training, like no one actually gave me a piece of paper to give me permission to do those things. Um, and it, it really ties back to this notion of your ideas don't need to be different to make a difference. They just have to resonate with the people that you're meant to serve. Yeah, um, that's right. So, you know, something for, for, for the folks to uh, reflect on listening to this. Um, now, let's dive into a bit more about Founder. Um, you, you've described it in the past as a uh, magazine for the rebels, the dreamers, and the hustlers. So for those that aren't familiar, can you tell us about the purpose of this digital magazine? Why did you start it? And who is the target audience? Sure thing. So, um, 
what happened was uh, I thought that creating a magazine would be a really great idea <laughs> and um, not knowing anything about magazines at the time. And uh, I didn't want to do print though. I, I felt that um, print was a dying trade and I knew that it would cost me an arm and a leg and I had no money. Um, so I went down this path of creating a digital magazine in in the App Store and Google Play Store. And uh, uh, the reason that I created it was because when I was was looking uh, to, you know, consume content as an aspiring entrepreneur, uh, I was looking at many different magazines and there wasn't a magazine that I personally could re- relate to as an aspiring entrepreneur. Every every business magazine went off the assumption that I'd already started a business and I had it. And I felt that, um, you know, podcasts were really hot and I knew interview series were really hot and I knew that um, that this is a growing trend, right? That the internet is changing the game and, and just from speaking to people, um, you know, right now, Ram, like, yeah, people that are our age, they're either – um, you know, working on a side hustle project or they have an intention of of working on a side hustle project. And, um, you know, that's because young people more than ever now will, will change jobs, will do all sorts of different things and and they want to find work that, that they really enjoy. And, um, you know, the internet is, has, has sparked this revolution uh, where, you know, entrepreneurs can start businesses and there's like with, with next to no capital um, and, you know, they can, they can connect with the world uh, because of the internet. So uh, if there was a time in history right now to build a business, now is, is the best time in, 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 in the world, like in, in our existence. So um, I knew that that was happening. I, I could see that that was happening. So I felt that um, what better way uh, than than to you know work out all these answers that I wanted to know than to just you know create this magazine as a side hustle project uh, myself and and see what happens and uh, that's kind of what happened and then um, you know before I knew it uh, you know I had a business and uh, things started to take off and you know it was it was really tough you know it definitely wasn't easy so I started the magazine while I was working my day job I didn't. I didn't go cold and leave my day job with nothing. Um, I reckon that's one of the best ways to start a business is on the side while you, you have, um, you know, stable income until you can uh, build up that business to have some form of predictability so you can, uh, you know, leave your leave your day job, cover your operating costs and have a little bit of a runway. And um, that's what I did and that was, what, two years ago? Uh, so the magazine's been running three and a half years and, uh, yeah, here we are today. Yeah, mate. Um, love all that. Uh, you know, one thing that was, uh, what was going through my head, um, was when I started the blog as well, Giant Thinkers, it was 2012. And honestly, I thought to myself, there are so many blogs out there. (laughs) And that Mm. was, that was four years ago. And, um, and I could have sort of let that be the end of it, um, but really it was just the start of it. Um, and it, and it's if you look at the the history of the internet, um, it, it really only kicked off in the nineties, and 
there is so much more potential there. You know, as how many times that I hear people asking me, oh, I don't know if I should do a blog and do this, but it's, it's one of those things um, that you've spoken about before and it's just about shipping it. It's mm. just kind of putting something out there, learning as you go, being resourceful, starting with whatever you have, even if it was free. And I don't know if many people know this, but Giant Thinkers was originally just on uh, Blogger, which doesn't even exist anymore. And it was the free platform. I just, you know, bought the name. Um, so yeah, there is really, um, so much more evolving, um, to be, to be done, but, but the learning on the way as well. Um, and I loved what you said about you keeping your job before you started, because that transition period, um, is something that I highly, highly recommend as well. Um, because it actually removes that, um, that risk, you know, um, you've interviewed Richard Branson and he talks about this a lot and he speaks about, um, what my decisions are based on. I'm paraphrasing here, but he he was saying something like, you know, my decisions are based on, uh, making the most non-risky, um, decisions that, you know, choosing the things that have little to no risk. Mm. Um, what is that thing? And, and, you know, I, I did that transition period too. And and I love how you brought that up because, um, not until it gets so busy that it starts overtaking your, um, full-time job, then you shouldn't really make that, that complete leap, just so cold Turkey or cutthroat like that. Um, so, so that's really cool. So, uh, in terms of your business model for founder, um, how is it structured? So we have the magazine and, uh, that's a paid subscription. So that's, so that's how we started out. Um, and, uh, you know, we charge a monthly fee or yearly fee, uh, to access the magazine, which is kind of like premium content. But then as time went on, um, you know, I discovered, uh, that there were other ways to generate revenue, so right now, um, we generate revenue from the magazine, then also educational slash e-learning type products. Uh, so like online training, uh, courses. And then, um, lastly, uh, we have like a, a membership site as well called Founders Club. And, um, what I've, what I've found is, uh, that if you want to build a successful publishing business, uh, you can't just produce a magazine and then make money off ads. You need to have a, a a platform that has multiple assets underneath it and uh, many forms of premium content. So uh, a lot of the um, magazines that are doing a really, really great job uh, actually do all of those things. They have digital courses they have events, they have advertising, they have subscriptions, they have paid newsletters, they have, um, you know, some sort of recurring kind of behind a paywall membership kind of site with exclusive content, or they charge to or monetize a community of people. And um, then, you know, 99% of your other stuff is free. And that's that's our model. So then the podcast, the blog, the social channels, 
Um, all pretty much all the content that we put out is free, and then uh, then those other assets that I mentioned um, are paid, and that's that's kind of uh, the business model, and that that seems to be working pretty well. Yeah, that's great. Um, essentially, the uh, the lesson is to uh, diversify your uh, revenue streams. Um, mm, I think. Sorry, please go on, Ram. I didn't mean to interrupt. Dude. Oh no, yeah. I mean that's that's something that I've um uh, I've been more and more conscious of as well. It's it's certainly not going to um. So for the audience, going back to the audience, uh, many of them are designers who freelance, and um, a lot of them want to go all in on freelancing. Um, but there's something in what you just said about you know, doing that, but there are going to be times where no work comes in or it, it can get pretty dry. So, um, you know, something that the, um, the freelance audience can do, I guess, is tap into more of what you just spoke about. Um, perhaps releasing, um, online training of some sort, or even, um, a, a product or even, um, speaking at, at events or, or anything that kind of skews to their value proposition. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the key thing is, and this is um, what I was about to share, was um, before I uh, rudely interrupted you. No, was, you're right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go for it. For us, you know, when we started the magazine, um, we were just constantly speaking to our audience and asking our audience what they wanted. And we, we, we were constantly like seeking out this business model. We didn't know what it was. Um, we didn't, we, we had no idea, but now we've kind of settled and uh, we're going to do courses at scale. Uh, so, so I anticipate that one day founder will have uh, thousands of courses um, heavily curated, taught by experts so um, yeah, like uh, this was this was this all came from just speaking to our audience and finding out what they want. Um, one thing I can tell you, uh, Ram, is I think from um, a business model standpoint, I really like recurring revenue. I think uh, it's it, every good business has to have some form of recurring revenue. For us, uh, it was the magazine, still is, and now. Um, also supplemented from our membership sites or um, Founders Club. And uh, that allows us to have predictability in cash flow. And it also allows us to be uh, a lot more aggressive on growth um, from utilizing cash flow to reinvest in the business as well for growth purposes. So, um, yeah, that's something that I would like to share with your community that if you can, um, always do try to have some form of recurring in your business. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, that's a super good tip. Any suggestions that come to mind perhaps for uh, the designers, the creatives, the, um, you know, these uh, these people who sometimes do uh, feel pressured to uh, find work that is um, more along the lines of project to project type? Yeah. I think um, doing projects is good and they're fun, but you definitely want to have a certain amount of books uh, 
like on like a certain amount of clients on the books that are on retainers. Mm. Um, uh, you know, whether that's trying to position yourself as, you know, because everyone, like every business, if they don't have a designer in-house, they constantly need design. So, you know, you're going to give, you know, you're, you're going to have to constantly keep looking for a designer or you can, um, like you can, uh, you know, utilize us, you know, all the time. So would you, you know, prefer to be on like, you know, a, a, a retainer contract where, you know, we give you a discounted monthly rate um, and, you know, you can just utilize us um, and you have this many hours every month. So that's that's what I would be looking to do as a designer because um, having, yeah, like I said, having recurring uh, allows you to um, have predictability in your business and it allows you to grow as well. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And with uh, Founder Club, just a little uh, question there um, because I I do believe that's one of your most recent um, launches as part of the uh, the Founder um, brand. Um, how's it? How's that going? Yeah, so that's going really, really well, man. Um, I think uh, by the end of this year, I anticipate we'll have two thousand uh, paid members. And, um, yeah, it's going amazing, dude. Uh, churn is 7% month on month and it's growing really, really fast. And I think the most amazing thing is, um, what we're building with Founders Club is really special. Uh, so the reason that that, that product came about was, um, we wanted to, we wanted to have a, a way to connect our community. So we have... We have a few different ways, but um, community is really important to us. And, uh, you know, what was happening and, and what still happens to a certain extent is we have these silos where we have a big presence on Instagram where people follow us. So we have a big presence on our email newsletter or our blog or our magazine or our podcast. So we have all these people from all around the world and um, they can't connect with with each other. And, and uh, we wanted to create a way where you know, uh, our community could connect with each other. And um, what essentially we created was a gym membership for entrepreneurs. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's an amazing, amazing product and uh, it's doing really, really well and, and people people are loving it and, you know, people, people are catching up from all around the world and eventually we're going to have meetups going in every single city. Um, yeah, it's insane. So no, the Founders Club's doing really, really well. We're building a really supportive um, environment there where, you know, if you don't have the answers and uh, you want to hang out with like-minded people that, you know, you because, you know, for whatever reason, um, you don't have many entrepreneurial friends, then, um, you know, Founders Club is a great alternative. And uh, yeah, no, it's doing really, really well. So is it... Um I'm sure the the listeners would be wondering this as well. Is it a paid membership? Um, you are in this portal or dashboard as such, and you can interact with other members, but also um, get more premium tools and resources. For is that kind of the environment? If one was to sign up for um, for the founder club, yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll tell you about the offering, bro. So um, you get to, if you join Founders Club, you get access to all the magazine back issues. So uh, you know forty plus back issues, 
um, while and that's all inside this um, you know premium you know content based site uh, called which is behind a paywall so you get all the magazine issues plus you know if you want them on your phone and you want them accessed into in the app as well we'll, we'll set you up with a lifetime subscription with that then you also get access to over $10,000 plus worth of uh, savings and discounts. So we'll go on to like lead pages, click funnels, Stripe, all the SaaSs that everyone pays for. Um, we've gone, we've gone to all of those providers and just cut amazing deals, like the best deals and discounts you can get. And um, you know that's you know it was $10,000 worth of savings with just those perks. Then we have monthly mentors where we bring in like, you know, experts and you can actually sit in and um, learn from these experts and they teach a certain topic, whether it's sales, whether it's email marketing, whether it's, um, you know, blogging, whether it's SEO. Is that live, Nathan? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Cool. yep. So it's live. And then also you get access to the community. So um, that's, you know, exclusive Facebook group and we've, we're just about to launch a forum as well. And the forum actually will have a leaderboard. And this is something really cool that we're going to work on where um, inside the forum uh, and, and inside the leaderboard, depending on the actions that you take. So if you read the magazine um, and, you know, you do certain things within the, within that platform, within the Founder Club platform, you'll get points. And then um, every single week that we'll have a leaderboard and the person that's on top gets, you know, something awesome. Mm. Now, whatever that is, whether it's a free mini course from us, whether it's, um, you know, office hours with someone in our team, um, all those kinds of things, you know. Uh, so that's so that's something that we're working on as well. Um, and then also uh, you get uh, weekly training. So we um, produce mini courses on how to do certain things like how to produce a high converting webinar, how to launch a podcast, how to um, find a, a blog topic, you know, all these different things. So they're weekly recipes. And then um, that's it. Monthly mentors, perks, community, uh, recipes, and oh, and we do office hours once a month with the team. And uh, then also you, they've got masterminds as well where um, we have a way to connect other people for masterminds. So we'll connect you if you're in the same industry as someone um, uh, with a similar amount of turnover. And um, if you want, we can connect you with someone in your area as well. Mate, that sounds like a cracking website to uh, be a member of. Oh, thanks, <laughs> like man, yeah. yeah, no, I, and you know, I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely saying that, um, and, and for the listeners, this was not a question on the original, um, interview list. <laughs> um, so it's, it's not actually anything salesy. Like it's, it's literally to dissect. Um, and this is what this, this podcast is about. It's dissecting what, um, experts are doing in their field. And I guess this all ties back to, to what you said, Nathan earlier, it's, you asked the audience, you, you asked your community. Um, it wasn't by accident that, because at first, as you listed them, you know, if someone walked halfway in through that, through that explanation, you were just giving, people might think, wow, that's a lot of stuff, but you know, people wanted that. Yeah. Every single one of those things that we offer in this bundle, you know, of a, of a monthly fee, um, that 
that that was all things that people said they wanted. Like a lot of people said, you know, how can we access the magazine on our computer? Um, a lot of people said, how can we connect with some of the people that you interview for the magazine or the podcast or the founder of Featured? Um, how can we connect with the community? How can we get more training? Um, so all of these things, yeah, they're all things that we've, you know, been listening and, and finding out that what people want and then we've turned it into, um, you know, a monthly fee. Think of it like a gym membership for entrepreneurs. If you if you want to look after your health and fitness, you generally, to keep yourself accountable, you sign up at a gym for a monthly fee. If you want to become a successful entrepreneur, then we see, um, you know, Founders Club as that gym membership for entrepreneurs to make yourself accountable and to help you level up. Great. Superb, mate. So you mentioned uh, in, in other interviews that you launched Founder on the 5th of March, 2013, um, the, the first issue, and you had two paying customers. Yeah. Um, overall, with all of the things that you've, you've um, expanded on now, how many customers do you have now? And, and what, it, what are the biggest lessons you learned from building your subscriber base? Yeah, so we have uh, 20,000 monthly paying subscribers uh, you know, across iTunes and Android. And I think the biggest thing that we've learned from um, you know, building that customer base is there's a big difference between a customer and a prospect. And our whole goal from a from a business standpoint um, is if like you know plain hard and simple with the with the content that we produce at founder and our mission is to help entrepreneurs however we can and uh, you know across all of our content ninety nine percent of it is free but we do have obviously the you know paid products and for us our goal to build a sustainable business model is to move anyone from a prospect into a paid customer because there's a difference between someone that is a buyer and a non-buyer. And um, and that's fine. Like no stress. Um, you know, we're, either way, it's a win for us because we put out so much awesome free stuff and we're still helping people. We don't lock everything up. But at the same time, if we're going to build a sustainable business model with Founder, um, then we need to, you know, make sure that we focus on uh, have, having as many customers uh, and buyers um, as possible, and and creating an ascension model. So I guess, yeah, that that's a big learning lesson. That there's a different, there's definitely a different relationship between someone that purchases one of your products, even if it is two ninety nine a month, as opposed to someone that consumes all your free stuff. Mm. Yeah. Love it. So from a distance, mate, it looks like Founder has a massive team behind it, especially when it sits next to the likes of Entrepreneur, Bloomberg, Fortune, and Forbes in the top 10 business and investing magazines category on the iTunes app store. So how is your team structured? Um, so we have uh, seven full-time uh, team members and we have a ton of contractors that we work with as well. Uh, so there's myself um, and I, I manage like um, the team and, and all the leadership type stuff and the vision type stuff. And I work on a lot of product type stuff and marketing. Then there's David who's kind of like my right-hand man and he 
he works on product stuff with me but does a lot of biz dev and uh, bits and pieces of community stuff for Founders Club and that product with Founders Club that was it's kind of like his baby that was something that um he launched with me at the start of this year and um yeah he he really helped bring that to life and then there's Jonathan uh who who's our full-time content guy and he does um just all of our blog posts and, and produces a lot of content, but he also does community management um, for our Instagram course. And then uh, there's Jesse, who does uh, pretty much a lot of our backend uh, tech stuff um, and, and manages all of our systems. Plus, he does um, all sorts of marketing as well and works on projects. Then there's also Asia. Uh, she does the community management for Founders Club but also manages the magazine. So she runs the whole magazine. Uh, then also we've got two virtual assistants, Angela and Charlotte. Angela and Charlotte do all of our support. Uh, and then also uh, Angela does a lot of stuff with the magazine as well. Um, and then also Charlotte uh, does a lot of stuff with Founders Club, but the, all those guys do all sorts of bits and pieces. Then we've got Tate, who's our editor of the magazine, also the editor of the blog, because uh, we produce a, we're starting to produce a lot of content on the blog, at least two to three pieces a week. Um, and then there's Karan, who uh, he's our graphic designer, art director. Uh, he does all the founder collateral. Um, and then, yeah, we have a whole ton of different uh, contractors across web design and writing. Um, definitely at least five to 10 more contractors that we use for all sorts of random things that work with us um, on certain projects or just depends. But yeah, that's that's us in a nutshell, man. Wow, that's very cool. Uh, where do you source your, your contractors? Uh, either from friends of friends or referrals or um, also, uh, you know, for, for designers, I think great places, Behance.net, as I said to you, offline. Um, for writers, I think the Pro Blogger Job Board's really, really good as well. Um, Upwork's great. Or, yeah, friends of friends or referrals. Nice one. So in terms of uh, your ability to connect with some of the most influential entrepreneurs on the planet, including Richard Branson, as we know, Ariana Huffington, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss. What are some principles you recommend when reaching out to them? Or, or firstly, how can listeners reach out to them in the first place? Yeah, so for us, we've been able to you know, feature all these rock star entrepreneurs on the front cover of the magazine in the podcast because of the magazine. Um, that's been a byproduct of of having a magazine. Um, it, it's just a great tool for building influence and it's been a great face of the brand and always will be the face of the brand, in fact. Um, you know, we're just going through a process of changing all our social handles to being just at founder, not founder magazine or founder mag mm. um, because uh, founders become more than anything, a, a platform, not just a magazine. Uh, but the, the magazine will always be the face of the business. Uh, and and it's just an incredible tool for building influence. And then not only just that, I think um, 
you know, once you build a platform where you have a decent size audience and, you know, you know that these people, um, these rock stars are, are, you know, promoting or looking looking for uh, help to promote their books or they're, they're looking for press, then it becomes a lot easier to get in touch with them. Um, for example, you know, Gary V, um, the reason that we interviewed him, featured on the front cover was he was um, teeing up, you know, all sorts of press for his his book, uh, the Ask Gary V book uh, that came out. Um, you know, same with Damon John, you know, of uh, Shark Tank America. Same with um, Tim Ferriss, you know, he was looking for uh, press for uh, his TV show. Same with Tony Robbins, he was looking for press for his book. Um, and then also recently he was looking for press for his uh, documentary on Netflix. So it's a combination of having having a decent-sized audience, having the social proof and credibility for your brand because we featured Richard Branson. That was a big win for us in the early days. Then it's a, um, also those people are looking for press. And then lastly, um, the cherry on top is, is having a magazine. But for your audience, if they're looking to connect with people that, uh, you know, that are influential in their industry or niche or market, I think one of the best ways to connect or or reach out is 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 for sure serve first and ask later. Um, you know, every single one of these entrepreneurs that we've featured in the magazine, you know, a lot of them I haven't become friends with, but you know, um, we've developed a relationship there with the brand and the work that we do. Um, I think you've got to serve first and ask later. I think um, that's that's an incredible way to open a relationship. And then I think next, um, you know, you have to have something to show. Uh, people aren't going to be interested uh, if, you know, if they probably get asked all the time, you know, catch up for coffee, all these kinds of things. They're probably not going to be interested unless you have something to show, whether you have, um, you know, you can prove that, you know, you're you're taking the first step forward or the or the next few step forward, next few steps forward, and and you've got something to show. You've launched a blog. You you you've done this. You've done that, and uh, you're actually serious because um, a lot of people don't have time for time wasters, and um, you know, a lot of people that are in a position where a lot of people do want to connect with them, their time is extremely important and valuable to them. So if they do want to help and give back, it would be in the sense that, you know, their time is going to be respected. And, um, you know, if you can take a few of those uh, pieces that I shared, I think that's a great way to start to connect with uh, people that you admire. Yeah, I, I completely agree with the serve first, ask later. Um it's it's something that uh, is is quite linked to to the thing that's kind of carried me after four years of, of giant thinkers. It's um, to uh, lead with generosity and follow with care. Mm. And and mate, I loved how you said uh, said serve, serve first, ask later. And and I think for the audience, it could be as simple as sharing one of the posts that that influencer or that that person that they admire has written or created a video of. Or maybe even writing a blog post and linking to them and and sort of tweeting that they've been mentioned, or you know what I mean? It's like it's that it's that sharing mm. of 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 information uh, rather than going for the ask and and wanting to take um, to take uh, their time without building any rapport with them. Mm. Yeah, that's it. 
That's cool. So um, let's dive into the creative and branding part of the process, um, specifically in the three months before launching the first issue. I mean, three to four months is, is um, I believe, when when you were really grinding to get the first issue out and, and making that commitment. Uh, what did your compass look like? You know, the, the criteria that was guiding your decisions for personality, style, tone of voice, look and feel, those sort of things. Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, so launched the magazine March 2013, uh, purchased the uh, magazine publishing software uh, to produce the app and manage the magazine uh, mid to 2012. So I went to France to finish off the final part of my marketing, Masters of Marketing. So I did a... Um, the rest of my degree there. And then when I came back, I was going to start working on the magazine. And um, it was tough, dude. Like that compass <laughs> was scattered yeah. all over the place. It was spinning around. It was going in many different directions. And I never forget, um, I went to the zoo around summertime, um, you know, in December, November with my girlfriend. And I said to her, look, um, I said to her, look, uh, you know, I'm working on this magazine, as you know, and I said, like, the amount of time that I put in this magazine, do you believe that um, with this amount of time that I put in that I'll be able to actually turn this into something one day? And she said, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, yeah. So, like, I wasn't, I was, like, all over the place, didn't do much work on it, you know, kind of was like a pipe dream. Um, I remember my parents were laughing at me. I almost pulled the pin of even launching it. I went through three different graphic designers um, to, to, to design the magazine. I was lucky enough to find Karen um, and he's been amazing. I've been working with him ever since. And uh, yeah, uh, the the content uh, was pretty shoddy to be to be honest, dude. Uh, the front cover didn't even have a successful person on the front cover. It was a stock image because no one would get back to me and it was very difficult to get interviews. Uh, that first interview was with um, someone, her name was Lin Hwang and uh, she's, uh, yeah, an entrepreneur out of Sydney actually and she runs an outsourcing company. Um, so, yeah, pretty much um, I was all over the place, dude. And one thing I did know was this, and I think your audience will really val uh, find this valuable, was I knew that for the magazine to stand out and for founder to be taken seriously, we couldn't have subpar design. It couldn't be average. It had to be good. And for some reason, I don't know why, I felt that I could get amazing design at an affordable rate. <laughs> and at the time, I was paying maybe, I think, $400 a magazine issue US. and to me now, that amount of money is is so small. But back then, um, that was a lot of money to be spending every single month. But the level and quality of design is so amazing. And, and that amount of money at that time was a lot of money for Karen because he's uh, from India, right? He's based out of Delhi. Mm. And so it was a win-win. And um, I was so lucky and so blessed and I, I never forget – um, you know, we, we had, you know, these, these couple of crappy issues of the magazine. I said to Karen, like, 
you know, um, what do you think of this? And he said to me, you know, Nathan, look, I think that um, if you invest in design um, and really, um, really, really double down on design um, and, and, you know, invest even though you will not see the return immediately, he said in the long run it will yield you know, massive benefits and results. Mm. And that was such a key lesson that he taught me because it was, it's been so true to this day, dude. Like, um, yeah, I realized very, very quickly the power of having great design. And, um, you know, that is one thing that, that allows founder to stand out amongst all of these other, uh, you know, um, content providers that whether it's a magazine, whether it's a podcast, whatever, um, that, that produces co- entrepreneurial content. This is one thing that allows founder to stand out, not just the fact that it's a magazine, but all of our design is is good. It's it's funky, it's fresh, it's cool, it's hip, and it's different. And uh, that has held us in very, very good stead, especially because, you know, I knew that design had to be good because in the app store, um, you know, your stuff has to look good. Uh, we're talking Apple, uh, we're talking design, you know, great design is now a commodity. Uh, I think that, um, you know, it's almost expected if people, if your, if your stuff doesn't look good, whether it's your website, whether it's your app, whether it's any marketing collateral, whether it's even a brochure, people are not going to trust you. Uh, they're not going to trust your business. They're not going to trust your brand. So, um, you know, that was something that we placed a lot of importance on in the early days. Yeah, the content wasn't the best in the world, but we worked on it and it definitely got better over time. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of how, how it all happened. Yeah, that's great. Um, it reminds me of uh, that uh, theory of of hiring for what your team will be um, as it's the only way to truly grow a business. Mm. Um, and, and I guess the same can be said certainly for the quality of design. So I'm so glad that, uh, Quran, uh, did you say his name was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quran said that, um, and, and sort of advised you, um, on that. Um, so has he, uh, gotten a pay rise since? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. We, we take, we take really good care of him now. Very good. Love it. So mate, uh, a few more questions before we wind down a question that I ask, uh, all my guests, if you could travel back in time for 30 seconds and speak to junior Nathan Chan, perhaps the uh, the Nathan finishing high school playing Counter-Strike, uh, what would you tell him? Um, maybe just travel more, uh, have more fun, um, party more. Uh, <laughs> your time's going to come. <laughs> Love it. All in under 30 seconds. Um Mate, who has been an impactful giant thinker in your life? Uh, perhaps that person who has inspired you to think bigger and dig deeper in helping you reach your full potential. Uh, definitely Elon Musk. Mm. Um, I love everything that uh, he does. I think he's just like a major boss. Um, someone that I know uh Definitely um, uh, one of my friends, Jeremy Same or um, Matthew Michaelitz. Uh, they've been incredibly great friends to me um, and they run extremely successful businesses. Uh, that has definitely um, 
helped, uh, you know, challenge my thinking, the, the way that they think about things. Like I never forget um, a while ago when I left my job and I uh, was working on Founder and um, I was telling Jeremy how we're going financially and he said to me, oh, you know, um, you know, you guys are a mum and pop business. You, you got to take things to the next level now. <laughs> <laughs> That's and it. I was just like, are you serious? And uh, yeah, like, yeah, that just, just made me want to blow things up, you know. What is What does he think now? You're certainly not a mum and pop business anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty impressed. Um, yeah, he's pretty impressed, which is good. Because I remember actually when I first met Jeremy um, in the early days when I first showed him the first issue of the magazine, he was just like, oh, you know, this should be um, – he's like, you shouldn't charge for it. He said you should um, actually just just sell advertising. People won't pay for this and stuff like that. And I actually proved him wrong. And, um, you know, ever since, um, yeah, he's he's really impressed with uh, just kind of the way that we're, we're developing the business model and, and, and develop this ecosystem. Have you interviewed Elon Musk yet? No. Oh. No. No. Um, so I would love to, um, but, yeah, just one step at a time. Yeah. That, that's a hard one. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He's probably uh, in between you know, here in the moon and Mars and Jupiter or wherever. So, yeah, uh, dude, like <laughs> I heard that um, the way that he motivates uh, his his employees is that is that they're working to save the world. Mm. So, you know, it's kind of like his time is that precious that um, like any time that he spends doing anything else, it's working on saving the world, which is yeah. that, that, that's honestly how he thinks, man. Real life Iron Man right there. Yeah. Uh, so, mate, what's next for you and everything you're involved in for this year and beyond? Is there anything we should know about? Um, yeah, actually, we're working on actually a really cool kind of fun kind of design project um, in a way uh, that I think you would appreciate, Ram. Um, we're just going to – one thing we want to do, and it's been on the boiler for like the past two years, is to grab – the best of founders stuff from the magazine and um, collate it all into a coffee table hardcover style book. Mm. And um, I just think it'd be brilliant. There's going to be insights, you know, from Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, just like the best of the best in the world. Um, so some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation. And uh, we're going to put it into this amazingly designed crisp, elegant coffee table style book um, and we're going to crowdfund it to see, um, to bring the project to life. I think it'd be a ton of fun. Um, so that's something we're working on um, at the end of this year that I'm really pumped about. Mate, that sounds amazing. I'm sure that'll be a, a hit for sure and uh, certainly space for some from some good quality um, info and beautifully designed uh photography and typography along with that um on a, on coffee tables around the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah look we'll see how we go um but yeah look i'm hopeful that it'll be a great project nice one mate so how can listeners get in touch with you online uh the best place uh would be twitter just nathan h chan on twitter um if you want to find more out about founder you can just go to founder mag f-o-u-n-d-r-m-a-g.com 
Unreal. Nathan Chen, thank you so much for your time, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. You're helping people believe in possibility, and I have no doubt that founder will continue to skyrocket. Oh, look, thank you so much for having me, Ram. Absolute pleasure. Uh, Really, really honored. And uh, yeah, great to connect, my man. I hope that interview lit a fire beneath you. It certainly did for me. And one small question we can all ask ourselves is, what's one thing today that will bring us closer to accomplishing one goal we've set? I love hearing your stories, so please share with me on social media. My handle is the Giant Thinker on all channels. Now, our next guest is an internationally recognized lecturer in Facebook marketing and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, LA Times, TechCrunch, Fox News, and even CBS. He is currently the chief technology officer for Blitz Metrics and delivers huge value on how to amplify your business and personal brand through Facebook and other channels that many don't consider. Before you race off, as mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I highly recommend you check out FreshBooks if you're a small business owner, especially if you're a freelancer. I wouldn't recommend it if I didn't think it would be valuable for you. Another feature that I personally love is that FreshBooks helps you avoid having that awkward conversation with your clients about pending payments they need to make. FreshBooks automates late payment email reminders so you can spend less time chasing payments and more time working your magic. You can take pictures of receipts on your phone as well using the FreshBooks mobile app and make claiming your expenses a million times easier. They're offering a month of unrestricted use to all Giant Thinkers listeners totally free right now. To claim your free month, go to freshbooks.com slash giant and enter Giant Thinkers in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, that's freshbooks.com slash giant and the clickable link is in this post. And lastly, head to giantthinkers.com slash mentor, opt into the mailing list, which specifically gives you updates regarding my next book, and you'll know more about it when it launches mid to late September. Giants, thank you so much again for your support of this podcast. Remember that hard work and kindness always pays off. Be generous to those around you. Take care, and I will catch you on the next episode. Mm